continuing on in our history lesson on the nation of Israel. We are now into the New Testament part of your scripture, which we came to last week. Um, so going to kind of review the first, uh, first point here, kind of what we ended at last week, talking about uh, Jesus and his message uh, in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Uh, last week, if you recall, we talked about how Jesus, right, he came into his own, his own received him not, uh, but he came fulfilling the prophets, right? That's what Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are about. It's to show us that Jesus was the Christ, right? That's why those books are uh, so important, not for our doctrine, right, but to establish that Jesus Christ came, right, so that we know who he is, right, so that we know he died and resurrected, right, and that the witness is true that the prophets spoke about. Um, and so this week we're going to look at uh, Jesus and John's message, and then the disciples' commission and the fall of Israel. Uh, so continuing on in Israel's history, right? Uh, last week we talked about how they uh, rejected Christ, right? Uh, we looked at all the prophecies on the cross, uh, just the events surrounding the cross. We looked at 10, and that wasn't even all of the prophecies, right? And that's just in like two chapters, right, of Scripture. Uh, so very overwhelming evidence that Jesus right, is the Christ, right? He fulfilled the scriptures, uh, which also gives proof to your Bible, okay? That's how we know this is the word of God because of prophecy, right? Things that were written hundreds of years before Christ came and fulfilled, right? We looked at his birthplace, right? His virgin uh, mother, that he would go to Egypt uh, and be called out of there, right? These are things as a child that Jesus did fulfilling prophecy that no man can do, right? Because Jesus was not any regular old man, right? He was God in the flesh. Uh, and so today, uh, looking at the kingdom at hand, which was John's and Jesus' message during Jesus' earthly ministry. Uh, in Matthew 3, 1 through 2, it says, In those days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea, and saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. All right, so John is saying it's at hand, right? It's ready to come. Um, I believe it was last week, we talked about Daniel's prophecy in Daniel 9, where he gives the timeline, right? It was 483 years, Messiah would be cut off, and then you have the one more week, uh, which is a week of seven, seven years uh, of the tribulation, and then the kingdom, right? And so John the Baptist, being the messenger to prepare the way of the Lord, is coming, preaching the kingdoms at hand, right? Your Messiah is coming. Um, this is what we've covered in the last 10 weeks of Israel's history. Right, from where they came from Abraham to a nation that God promised to a land that he promised and a kingdom right at the height of Solomon right and how that's in a picture of what it would be like when Christ is there just greater right Jesus says one greater than Solomon is there but then they started worshiping idols and were taken to judgment but God promised to restore them back again right and so you have to keep this in mind when studying Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John uh, this is the kingdom that John is talking about, the kingdom that was promised, right? The restoration of Israel and having Christ sit on the throne, right? The throne of David, we've talked about a lot uh, during these uh, last few months. And the promise that he was given in 1 Samuel that he would have a seed that sat on the throne forever, right? It's not happening at this point. They're under Roman rule, right? They're under Gentile rule. Uh, and so that's what Christ came to do, to proclaim himself as the Messiah that would sit on that throne. Uh, so John has come preaching in the wilderness, uh, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, right? The kingdom's coming, it's at hand, it's ready to come. Uh, in Matthew 4, 17, 
Uh, it says, for that time Jesus began to preach and to say, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. All right, so John and Jesus' message were the same, especially in Jesus' early ministry. Right? It's repent, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Right? It's near at hand. In Matthew 13, this whole chapter is parables that Jesus is speaking, and it's parables about the kingdom. Uh, we talked about this last week, right? The kingdom of heaven is likened to uh, a man which sowed good seed in his field, he says in verse 24. Uh, and all throughout this chapter, you see these parables where it's the kingdom of heaven is like to a grain of mustard seed in verse 31. Verse 33, the kingdom of heaven is likened to leaven, right? So he's speaking parables on the kingdom of heaven, right? This is what Jesus came preaching. It's at hand, so he's going to teach about it, right? He's going to give parables about what the kingdom of heaven is about. Uh, so if you look at verse 44, it says, The kingdom of heaven is likened to a treasure hidden in the field, the which when a man hath found, he hideth, and for joy thereof goeth himself all that he hath, and buyeth that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is likened to a merchant man seeking goodly pearls, who when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had, and bought it. And the kingdom of heaven is likened to a net that was cast into the sea and gathered of every kind, which would... When it was full, they drew to the shore and sat down and gathered the good into vessels, but cast the bad away. So shall it be at the end of the world, the angels shall come forth and sever the wicked from among the just, and shall cast them into the furnace of fire, there shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Jesus saith unto them, Have you understood all these things? They say unto him, Yea, Lord. And so this is Jesus teaching his disciples, right, about the kingdom. Uh, but this is where you get the teaching of take no thought for tomorrow, for I'll provide for you. Right? Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added unto you. That's what this is. The kingdom of heaven is likened to a treasure hidden in a field. When a man hath found, he hideth, and for joy thereof goeth himself all that he hath, and buyeth the field. You see that sells all that he has. Where do you hear that teaching? Hear it from Jesus. Right? He tells the rich man, sell all that you have, and come follow me. Right? Because the kingdom's at hand. I'm the king. Come follow me into the kingdom. Right? That's the message here. So you need to sell what you have, worldly possessions, and follow me and enter into the kingdom. Right? Get heavenly uh, riches and possessions. Um, so you can see these teachings and how they relate to the kingdom. Right? They're specific to the kingdom and to Israel uh, to enter into that kingdom. Also, he mentions the end of the world right here. Uh, he talks about the net being cast and to the sea, and they gather all types of fishes, and they separate the good from the bad, right? Uh, and he says, So shall it be at the end of the world when the angels come forth and sever the wicked from the just and cast them into the furnace of fire. There should be willing and gnashing of teeth. Right? So he's dealing with the kingdom, right? Sell all that you have, follow me, enter the kingdom, and then after that, it's the end of the world, right? And the just and the wicked will be divided. Uh, this, again, is what the prophets spoke about. Right? They spoke about these things in this timeline. The Messiah is cut off, then you have the one week, of tribulation, and then after that is the judgment, right? The severing of the wicked and the righteous and going into the kingdom. Uh, so you see that throughout Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the parables and things that Jesus teach. He's referring to uh, the kingdom, right? The kingdom of heaven. Uh, he also taught the law in Matthew 5, 17 through 20. Very clearly he says, Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy but to fulfill. Right? And that's what he did in his earthly ministry. He fulfilled them. He says, For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law 
till all be fulfilled. Whosoever therefore shall break one of these least commandments and shall teach men so, he shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whosoever shall do and teach them, the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I say unto you that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. Right, so how do you get into the kingdom of heaven? You have to keep the law. Right? You have to exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees. Right, that's law teaching. Right? Again, it's only for those that were ready to go into the kingdom. Matthew 23, 1-3. It says, Then spake Jesus to the multitude and to his disciples, saying, The scribes and Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. All therefore whatsoever they bid you observe, that observe and do. But do not ye after their works, for they say and do not. So this is the same thing that we just read in Matthew 5, right? The scribes and Pharisees, they teach the law of Moses, sitting in Moses' seat. You need to do what they say, but your righteousness needs to exceed theirs. Because they say it, but they're not doing it. Right? That's what it says here. Uh, you need to observe and do, but do not ye after their works, for they say and do not. So don't imitate their works, but keep the teachings of the law. Right? Um, so your uh, deeds have to exceed the Pharisees and the scribes. You have to actually keep the law if you want to enter into the kingdom of heaven. Uh, Matthew 19, verse 16 through 22. says, Behold, one came and said unto him, Good master, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? And he said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. For if thou wilt enter into life, keep the commandments. And he saith unto him, Which? Jesus said, Thou shalt do no murder, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness. Honor thy father and mother, and thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. The young man saith unto him, All these things have I kept from my youth up, but like I yet. Jesus said unto him, If thou wilt be perfect, go and sell that thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Right? The teaching, keep the law, if you want to enter into the kingdom of heaven. Then also sell that you have, and come follow me, because I'm going to lead you into there. And he valued his earthly possessions more. Right? Um, this isn't just a test to see if he really loved God or not, right? I mean, it kind of is, because it showed his heart, but it's not as most people preach. He didn't really mean he had to keep the law, right? He just wanted to show his heart. No, he had to keep the law, and he had to sell all that he had and come follow Christ, just like the disciples did, right? That's what they did. They sold all and followed Jesus. Uh, John 15, 1 through 4, Jesus says, I am the true vine, Sorry, 1 through 14. I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Right? Bearing fruit is right, your works. You're keeping the law. If you're not doing that, you're taken away. Right? You're cut off. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye, except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches, he that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch, and is withered, and men gather them, and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, 
and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another, as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends, if ye do whatsoever I command you. Right? This is totally different than Christ died for the ungodly. Right? When we were enemies with God, he still loved us right? and commended his love toward us. This is, if you want to be my friend, do what I say. Right? Uh, if you want to enter the kingdom, you have to be in the body, and you have to be bearing fruit. Right? And if you're not, you're going to get cut off the body. Uh, very different teaching. Right? This is law. This is the message to Israel entering their kingdom, right? what they had to do to enter into there. Uh, again, this was the message of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Right? The kingdom is at hand. Prepare yourself. You're getting ready to enter into it. Keep the law. Follow Christ right into the kingdom. Um, they had to sell all because there is a reward coming or a kingdom at hand. Right? That's the message for why you sell all, uh, because it's coming. Right? You're ready to enter in. You don't need these worldly possessions. Right? Uh, Matthew 6, 24 through 34 no man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, which you shall eat, or which you shall drink, nor yet for the life, uh, or your body, which you shall put on. It's not the life more than meat, and the body than raiment. Behold, the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barn, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are you not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit into its stature? And why take ye thought for the raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow and toil not. Neither do they spin, and yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all these things, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself sufficient unto the day the evil thereof. Right? This is the teaching. This is why you sell as you have, because I'm going to provide for you. Right? We're going to go into the kingdom. Don't worry about what you're going to eat tomorrow or what you're going to wear right, or where you're going to uh, sleep. I'll provide those things for you as long as you're seeking the kingdom of God or as long as you're following me, keeping the law. Right? That's the teaching here. Uh, Matthew 19, Then said Jesus unto his disciples, Verily I say unto you, that a rich man shall hardly enter into the kingdom of heaven. And again I say unto you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of heaven, uh, into the kingdom of God. And his disciples heard it, they were exceedingly amazed, saying, Who then can be saved? But Jesus beheld them and said unto them, With men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Then answered Peter and said unto him, Behold, we have forsaken all and followed thee, what shall we have therefore? And Jesus said unto them, Verily I say unto you, that ye which have followed me in the regeneration, when the Son of Man shall sit in the throne of his glory, 
You shall sit upon twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And everyone that hath forsaken houses, or brethren, or sisters, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or lands, for my name's sake, shall receive an hundredfold, and shall inherit everlasting life. But many that are first shall be last, and the last shall be first. Uh, and so this is uh, in the context of when he tells the one that comes to him saying, Good master, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? Right? He tells him the same thing, keep the law. Um, if you want to be perfect, so as you haven't followed me. Uh, and then he says, it's hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven, right? Because they value their earthly possessions, right? And they can't see that the kingdom's at hand. And we need to sell this and prepare for that. And the disciples say, well, we did do that, right? We did sell all that we have and followed thee. What do we get for that? And he says, you're going to um, sit on the 12th orange, judging the 12 tribes of Israel, right? They're going to be blessed for that, rewarded for that. Uh, and this is why you were to sell all that you had during this time, right? Because there was a reward coming. The kingdom's coming, right? That's going to be your reward, your treasure. Uh, and he says, for my name's sake, those who forsake uh, their brother, sister, house, mother, land, for my name's sake, will receive a hundredfold, right? And shall inherit everlasting life, right? So your blessing in the kingdom is going to be far greater than any earthly riches you have here. Right? He says they would be uh, receive a hundredfold for everything that they forsake. So the teaching is clear, right? What Jesus teaches throughout Matthew, Mark, and John. Right? He's teaching the kingdom. He's teaching the law. Right? He's preparing them to enter into that, into what was prophesied uh, in the Old Testament by the prophets of this kingdom to come. Uh, so we know that Jesus was rejected by his own people. John 1.11 says he came into his own, and his own received him not. Uh, yes, it was the Romans that actually crucified him, but it was at the uh, begging of the Jews, right? The unbelieving Jews. Uh, they were the ones that captured him. In Mark 14, 15, the chief priests and all the councils sought for witness against Jesus to put him to death and found none, right? It was the high priests, the leaders, rulers of uh, Israel, that wanted to see Jesus killed, right? That plotted this plan to have it happen. Uh, so they were looking for witnesses to have him put to death, and they could find none because it says none of their witnesses agreed with one another. Right? So they had to make up stories. Uh, chapter 15, verse 1, straightway in the morning, the chief priests had a, uh, held a consultation with the elders and scribes and the whole council and bound Jesus and carried him away and delivered him to Pilate. All right, so they counseled together, held a consultation, and delivered him to Pilate to be uh, crucified. Pilate answered and said in Again unto them, what shall ye then that I do unto him who you call king of the Jews? And they cried out again, crucify him, crucify him. Uh, then Pilate said unto them, why, what evil hath he done? And they cried out the more exceedingly, crucify him. So it was the Romans who actually crucified him, but it was at the asking of the Jews. Right? They did not receive their Messiah. They rejected him. Uh, but yet, Jesus forgave them for it in Luke 23, 34. If you remember his words on the cross, uh, then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do, and they parted his raiment and cast lots. Uh, this is why Peter and those in the early part of Acts talk about how they did it in ignorance. Right? They didn't fully recognize that he was actually the Son of God. Right? It's because of their unbelief, but that's why they crucified him, because they truly believed he was a uh, blasphemer, 
right, blaspheming God. Um, and so Jesus asked for their forgiveness on the cross. Uh, Jesus' death and resurrection was necessary for the fulfilling of the law and the prophets, uh, especially Psalms 22, Isaiah 53, are uh, two big chapters that mostly talk about the cross and those events that you see happen there. Uh, and so in Luke 24, 44 through 48, uh, it says, He said unto them, These are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. And said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it behooves Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in the name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem, and ye are witnesses of these things. Right? They were witnesses that Jesus Christ fulfilled the prophets. Right? That's what they were witnesses to, that he was the Messiah. Uh, and so Jesus commissions his disciples. Uh, that commission is found in Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Mark 16, 15 through 18, Luke 24, 48, and John 20, 22 through 23, uh, and also Acts 1, 8. Uh, a lot of people think this is the commission for the church. It's not. Right? Jesus came teaching the law. He came teaching the kingdom, right? And then he commissioned his disciples to do the same thing, right? The purpose of the cross at this point, as far as they know, was to fulfill the prophets, right? He hasn't revealed the gospel of the grace of God. Right, that's not what he's doing here. He's showing them this was necessary right, for me to fulfill the prophets, uh, to fulfill the law. Uh, and so Matthew 28, 18 through 20, it says, Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given to me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. All right, so you see there, Teach them to observe all things I have commanded you. Well, what did he command them? The law, right? That's what he taught them to do is to obey the law. Uh, he says to baptize them in Mark 16, 16. It was baptism for remission of sins. Uh, it says, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Right? Believeth and baptized shall be saved. Um, it was with power and signs. In verse 17, these signs shall follow them that believe in my name shall they cast out devils, and they shall speak with new tongues, they shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them, and they shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. All right? Their commission was going to be followed by signs and wonders. And in John 20, verse 22 through 23, it says, When he had said this, he breathed on them, and saith unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Whosoever sins you remit, they are remitted unto them. And whosoever sins you retain, they are retained. Right? He gave them the power to remit and to retain people's sins. Uh, and then also part of the commission was to begin at Jerusalem. And again, this is because of prophecy. Right? Where does the kingdom come? It comes to Jerusalem. It comes to Zion, right? the Mount of the Lord. Uh, he says in verse 47 of Luke 24 uh, that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. Uh, so again, it begins at Jerusalem. Uh, Acts 1 8. says, But ye shall receive power of the Holy Ghost. Uh, after that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and 
and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. Right? So Jerusalem, then Judea, Samaria, then the uttermost parts of the earth. Right? Again, this is what you find in prophecy. Right? The kingdom comes to Jerusalem and then expands from there. Right? And Gentiles come to Jerusalem to hear the gospel right, of Jesus, to have righteousness right, preached to them uh, in the law. Uh, Zechariah 8, we talk about a lot. Ten Gentiles have grabbed the skirt of one Jew right, and say, take me to your Lord, right, because we've heard the Lord is with you. Uh, so it was to begin at Jerusalem. Right? It was the same thing. Observe all things I commanded you, which was the law. Right? With power and signs and baptism for remission of sins. This is the commission that Jesus gives his apostles. Uh, the apostles clearly understood what Christ's ministry and message was about. So again, a lot of people who don't rightly divide, they paint the apostles as they didn't get it, right, in the early part of Acts. That's why God had to say Paul, right, to explain it further to them to make sure they understood. Uh, I've heard this taught before. The disciples understood clearly what Jesus commissioned them to do. They understood clearly what Jesus taught. Uh, we looked at one of those earlier in Matthew 1351 uh, when Jesus is teaching about the, the kingdom here in these parables Jesus said unto them have you understood all these things they say unto him Gabor right, so they understood the parables that Jesus taught there in Matthew 13 he explained it to them uh, we read in Luke 24 44 that Jesus told them he came to fulfill the law, the prophets, the psalms uh, verse 45, then open he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. Right, so they understood the parables of the kingdom. They understand the scriptures of the law, the prophets, the psalms. And then in uh, Acts 1 8, uh, but you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Right, they're also filled with the Holy Ghost. Right, these are men who ministered with Jesus for three years, they understood his parables. They had their eyes open to the scriptures, and they're filled with the Holy Ghost. Okay, I would say they had a better understanding than I do, right, of what was going on there. Okay, um, as far as what Jesus taught. Now, we have the knowledge of the mystery, so we have more knowledge of further revelation. But as far as what Jesus wanted them to do, they, they knew it, right? They understood the scriptures. They had the power of the Spirit. They understood what Jesus commissioned them to do. Um, Acts 2, 1 through 4 is when they're filled with the Holy Ghost at Pentecost. Uh, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So what you find in this early part of Acts is them carrying out that commission. Right? After the power of the Holy Ghost, they start to testify in Jerusalem, which is what he said in Acts 1.8. Right? After you have received the power of the Holy Ghost, then you'll be witnesses of me in Jerusalem, uh, which is what Peter preaches in Acts 2. He's in Jerusalem preaching to the men of Israel, the men of Judea. Uh, in verse 36, he says, Therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God had made that same Jesus whom we have crucified before in Christ. Or he's preaching to Israel, to Jews. Uh, he says, Now when they had heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? 
Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you. Right, that's Mark 16, 16. Right, those who are, uh, believe and are baptized shall be saved. Right, repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. It still has to do with them wanting to enter the kingdom. Right? That's what baptism had to do with Israel washing themselves as the priest of God, right? to prepare them for entering the kingdom. Uh, so you see Peter clearly fulfilling the commission that God gave him in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Uh, he says, For the promise is unto you and to your children, and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, and breaking of bread and in prayers, and fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. Right, that's Mark 16, 17, and 18, right, the many signs and wonders. And all that believed were together and had all things common, and sold their possessions and goods, and parted them to all men as every man had need. That's them teaching them to observe all things God commanded because God commanded, or Jesus commanded, to sell all that you have. Right, so you can see here the connection to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Right, they're carrying out the commission that Christ gave. Uh, and they continued daily with one accord in the temple, breaking bread from house to house, to eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily just such as should be saved. And that word church is where everybody gets their off. Right, we've talked about it. Church just means assembly of God. Right, Stephen refers to Israel as the church in the wilderness. Right, they are assembly of God in the wilderness. Right, this is assembly of God at Jerusalem. It's Jews, right, preparing for the kingdom. Uh, so it's clear, right? Peter, the twelve disciples, they understood Christ's commission clearly. Right, they weren't mistaken. It wasn't that they didn't fully get it. They were doing what God told them to do. Uh, he told them in Acts. Uh, one, it wasn't for them to know the times and seasons, right? So they were just doing what God had said to do. In Acts 3, uh, verse 19 through 21, Peter actually offers the kingdom to Israel. Uh, he says, Repent ye therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, when the times of refreshing shall come for the presence of the Lord, and he shall send Jesus Christ, which before was preached unto you, whom the heavens must receive until the times of restitution of all things, which God has spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. All right, he says, repent uh, for crucifying the Christ, right, is the context here. And he will send him, right, he will send Jesus Christ, who was preached unto you, uh, whom the heavens must receive until the times of restitution of all things, which God has spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. Right, this is fulfillment of prophecy. Things spoken by the prophets since the world began. Right, we've talked about it before. Paul talks about things kept secret before the world began, not after the world began. You see that difference here. Uh, so again, this was the disciples' commission. Right? It has to do with the kingdom uh, and Israel preparing for that. Right? That's what's going on here in the early part of Acts. What happened, though, in the book of Acts uh, is Israel rejected it. Right? And this is Israel's fault, right? which is something that Paul explains in Romans. Um, but you see it begin with Jesus, right? and even with the prophets. Uh, Israel really had a history of rejecting God. Uh, they rejected God, who sent the prophets, right? who sent John the Baptist. 
Uh, Jesus condemns the generation for doing the same thing their fathers did. In Matthew 23, 34-37, He says, Wherefore, behold, I send unto you prophets and wise men and scribes, and some of them you shall kill and crucify, and some of them shall you scourge, uh, scourge in your synagogues and persecute them from city to city, that upon you may come all the righteous blood shed upon the earth from the blood of righteous Abel unto the blood of Zacharias, son of Berechias, whom he slew between the temple and the altar. Verily I say unto you, all these things shall come upon this generation. O Jerusalem, O Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets and stonest them which are sent unto thee, how often would I have gathered thy children together, even as a hen gathereth her chickens under her wings, and ye would not. So you see there, he's condemning this generation, and it's also a prophecy of what they're going to do, right, to him, to the disciples, uh, to Stephen, right? You see there, stonest them which are sent unto thee. Uh, and we'll see this later. Uh, Zechariah, being the prophet that was slain right before the um, political fall of Israel, when they're taken into captivity, Stephen is uh, slain by this generation right before their spiritual fall. Right, so you see that connection between Zechariah and Stephen. Matthew 11, 9 through 11. It says, But what went you out for to see? A prophet? Yeah, I say unto you, and more than a prophet. For this is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before thy face, who shall prepare thy way before thee. Verily I say unto you, among them that are born of women, there have not risen a greater than John the Baptist. Notwithstanding, he that is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. Right, John the Baptist was a prophet, greater than a prophet, right, sent by God right, to prepare the way of the Christ. And in Matthew 14, what you have is them killing John. Right? Herod, uh, John speaks against Herod, uh, not having... Uh, his wife, he had his brother's wife, uh, and because John said that, Herod's wife, or his brother's wife, hated John and had her daughter uh, want his head cut off, and so uh, because of that, Herod killed John. Right, but John was rejected of the Jews. Right, they did not uh, accept John's message, right, or else they would have accepted Christ. Uh, and you see that throughout Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The leaders of Israel rejected the prophets, but they rejected John, who was the one who prepared the way of the Lord, showing their rejection of God, right? Because he's the one that sent the prophets. He's the one that sent John. Um, you see their rejection of God the Son, the Messiah, throughout Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Luke 9, 20 through 22. It says, He says unto them, But whom say ye that I am? Peter answered and said, That Christ of God. And he straightly charged them and commanded them to tell no man that thing, saying, The Son of Man must suffer many things, and be rejected of the elders and the chief priests and the scribes, and be slain and be raised the third day. Right? Again, this has to do with prophecy. Uh, but you see who he's rejected by the elders, the chief priests, the scribes. Right? These are the Jewish leaders. Uh, and of course, you see this come to pass. Uh, Luke 17, 22 
uh, says, and he said unto the disciples, the days will come when you shall desire to see one of the days of the Son of Man, and you shall not see it. And they shall say to you, see here or see there, go not after them nor follow them. For as the lightning that lighteneth out of one part under heaven shineth unto the other part under heaven, so also shall the Son of Man be in his day. But first must he suffer many things and be rejected of this generation. And as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be also in the days of the Son of Man. All right, so there again, foretelling of his death and rejection, and how after that, after he's rejected, will be the judgment. Matthew 21, 42 through 47. So then saith unto them, Did you never read in the scriptures uh, the stone which the builders rejected, the same has become the head of the corner? This is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Therefore I say unto you, the kingdom of God shall be taken from you and given to a nation, bringing forth the fruits thereof. And whosoever shall fall on this stone shall be broken, but on whomsoever shall fall it will grind him to powder, not powder. And when the chief priests and the Pharisees had heard this parable, heard his parables, they perceived that he spake of them. When they sought to lay hands on him, they feared the multitude because they took him for a prophet. Right, so again, prophecy, fulfillment of scripture. Uh, the stone which they rejected has become the cornerstone or the head of the corner. It's talking about Christ. Right? They rejected him, but yet he's their Messiah. Right? He's the head of the corner. He's the foundation. Uh, that's who they rejected. Right? And the Pharisees and scribes here knew that's what he was talking about Right? when they hear that. They understood this parable. Uh, they're saying he's talking about us, right? He's calling himself the Son of God, all right? So they wanted to kill him for that. Um, so you see their rejection throughout uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John of Jesus. And in John 19, 1 through 8, we won't read it, but that's, of course, the story of Jesus' crucifixion, right? And you clearly see how the Pharisees uh, wanted Jesus killed, right? You see the chief priests uh, and the officers in verse 6 crying out, crucify him, crucify him. Right? They wanted Jesus crucified. Uh, and so you have their rejection of the Son. In Acts, you have the rejection of the kingdom and the Holy Ghost. Uh, Acts 1.6, uh, it says, When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, without this time, restore again the kingdom to Israel. And he said unto them, It is not for you to know uh, the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power. All right, so he doesn't tell them he's revealing a mystery or starting the church. Right, He says it's just not for you to know. But that's what they're thinking is coming. Right, It's time for the kingdom to be restored. Uh, he simply says, carry out the commission that I gave you, right, which is what they're doing in Acts 2 and 3. Um, so we saw earlier, Peter offers the kingdom in Acts 3. Uh, these men are filled with the Holy Ghost, but yet the high priests, the Jewish leaders, reject them also. Uh, in Acts 5, 28... Uh, verse 27, when they brought them, they set them before the council, and the high priest asked them, saying, Did not we straightly command you that you should not teach in his name? Uh, and behold, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine, and intend to bring this man's blood upon us. Right, so they're saying, you're preaching that we're guilty of crucifying this man, uh, this innocent man, uh, Jesus, that you're saying is the Messiah. You're putting his blood upon us, right? which is what Peter was doing, if you read Acts 2 and 3, right, you killed the Prince of Life. Uh, you killed the Prince of Peace. You killed the Messiah. Um, verse 33, when they heard that, they were cut to the heart and took counsel to slay them. 
Right, so the high priest want to slay the disciples. Um, after this man rose up Judas, so you have someone from the Pharisees stand up uh, to counsel them not to do that in case what they're saying is true. And so you get to verse 40, and to them they agreed, to him they agreed, and when they had called the apostles and beaten them, they commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. Right, so you see here the Jewish leaders, the high priests, they're rejecting the apostles, right, which is their rejection of the kingdom, their rejection of the Holy Ghost, right, because they're filled with the Holy Ghost. Uh, Acts 6, verse 5, uh, the same pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Ghost. Right, Stephen was full of the Holy Ghost. Uh, verse 8, Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and miracles among the people. Uh, then there arose certain of the synagogue, right, which would be Jews, which is called the synagogue of the Libertines and the Cyrenians and the Alexandrians, and of them of Cilicia and of Asia, disputing with Stephen. And they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spake. And they suborned men, which said, We have heard him speak blasphemous words against Moses and against God, and they stirred up the people. And the elders and the scribes came upon him and called him and brought him to the council and set up false witnesses, which said, This man ceaseth not to speak blasphemous words against this holy place in the law. For ye have heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth shall destroy this place and shall change the customs which Moses delivered us. And all that sat in the council, looking steadfastly on him, saw his face as it had been the face of an angel. Then said the high priest, Are these things so? Right, so you have the high priest here, the elders, the scribes as well. Right, they're the ones that rejected Stephen's message. They're the ones that had Stephen uh, stoned. Uh, and as you get to the end of Acts 7, uh, Stephen gets up and preaches. Uh, verse 59, they stoned Stephen, calling upon God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Right, they could not take what Stephen was saying because he, uh, again, convicts them, tells them they're guilty of crucifying the Christ. Right? They're stiff-necked and uncircumcised and hardened ears. Verse 51, you do always resist the Holy Ghost as your fathers did, so did ye. Right? Again, very similar to what Jesus said there in Matthew 23 with them killing the prophets. Right? He says, just like your fathers did, uh, you're guilty of this as well. And so you see them carry that out in Acts. Uh, so you see their rejection of God and the prophets, their rejection of the Son, uh, Jesus Christ, and their section, uh, rejection of the kingdom and the Holy Ghost and the apostles. But also they rejected salvation. Uh, Luke 1, 69 through 77. Again, when you understand prophecy uh, in the prophesied kingdom, it wasn't just that they would have a kingdom, but it was a kingdom and salvation and righteousness, right? And all these things that they would get uh, from God. Uh, Luke 1, 69, it says, He has raised up an horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. Right, speaking of Jesus Christ, right? A horn of salvation. Verse 77, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people by the remission of their sins. Right? That's what Jesus came to do, right? He's the horn of salvation, came to give them knowledge of salvation by remission of their sins. They rejected Jesus, right? They rejected their salvation. Acts 4.12. Neither is our salvation in any other name, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Right? Salvation was in the name of Jesus Christ. 
right? He's their Messiah. He's their king, right? Salvation is in his name. He's their horn of salvation. They rejected that. Hebrews 2, 1 through 4, talks about the judgment of those who reject so great a salvation. It says, Therefore we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord, and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him, God also bearing them witness both with signs and wonders and with diverse miracles, and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his own will. Okay, so you see here what he's saying is, how shall we escape if we neglect this great salvation? Talking about the kingdom, right? And salvation in the name of Jesus Christ, because it was at the first spoken by the Lord. Right? That's what the Lord came to preach. The kingdom of God at hand, right? I'm your Messiah. I'm your king. Follow me into the kingdom. But also spoken us by them that heard him. Well, who's the ones that heard him? His 12 disciples, right? Those were the ones that ministered with him. God also bearing them witness, both with signs and wonders and with diverse miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his own will. All right, so you see the judgment for neglect of this salvation, right? Um, First Peter 1, 5 through 10. says, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Wherein you greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, you are in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold, that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found in the praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Whom having not seen, ye love, and whom though now ye see him not, yet believing, you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls, of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently, who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you, searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ which was in them did signify, when it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. All right, so you see what Peter is saying here is salvation is coming. Right, the end of your faith is salvation. The trial of your faith is salvation to come. Uh, which the prophets talked about and inquired about and searched for. Uh, and they talked about, after Christ died and suffered, the glory to follow. Right? That glory to follow is the kingdom. Right? And so he's preaching, you have to go through this trial of your faith. Right? And that Christ is going to bring salvation when he brings the kingdom. Right? And you have to have faith in him for that. Uh, so you see, Israel rejected all that. That's the point here. Right? They rejected the prophets, they rejected God, they rejected the, the Messiah, the Christ, they rejected his apostles, his disciples, they rejected salvation. Right? He offered them the kingdom, he offered them salvation, they rejected it. Right? And that is what the book of Acts documents, right? this fall of Israel. Right? That is when they fell, uh, spiritually, was at the stoning of Stephen. Uh, but the whole book of Acts, even in Paul's ministry, shows Israel's rejection of salvation. Not only the kingdom, but also the grace of God, right? They rejected that as well. Uh, we saw in Acts 1 8 um, that they were to begin in Jerusalem, Judea, and unto the uttermost parts of the world. Uh, Acts 2, 
verse 14. So what you have here is it's starting in Jerusalem, right? The message is being preached. Uh, verse 14, but Peter standing up with the eleven lifted up his voice and said unto them, you men of Judea and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem. Right, so Acts 2 is purely to Jews, or it's purely to Israel that Peter is preaching to. Acts 2.22, ye men of Israel, hear these words. Right, ye men of Israel. Verse 36, therefore let all the house of Israel know. Right, Peter is preaching to Israel, to Jews alone. Uh, and what you have is some of them believe here. Right, some of them repent and are baptized. Right, but from this point over uh, forward is a decline right, of what happens. Uh, by Acts 7 is when you have the fall of Israel at the stoning of Stephen. Uh, which we looked at earlier. He says, You stiff-necked and uncircumcised and hardened ears. You do always resist the Holy Ghost as your fathers did, so do ye. Which of the prophets have not your fathers persecuted? And they have slain them, which showed before of the coming of the just one, of whom ye have now uh, been the betrayers and murderers, who have received the law by the disposition of angels and have not kept it. When they heard these things, they were cut to the heart, and they gnashed on him with their teeth. But he, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God and said, Behold, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. And they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and ran upon him with one accord and cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at a young man's feet whose name was Saul. And they stoned Stephen, calling upon God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he kneeled down and cried with a loud voice, Lord, lay not this into their charge. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. All right, so you see their stoning of Stephen, their rejection of the kingdom and the Holy Ghost. Uh, that was Israel's spiritual fall. Uh, but they also reject salvation by the grace of God, which the book of Acts documents. Uh, three times you see Paul talk about this in Acts 13, 45 through 47. It says, When the Jews saw the multitudes, they were filled with envy and spake against those things which were spoken by Paul, contradicting and blaspheming. Then Paul and Barnabas waxed bold and said, It was necessary that the word of God should first have been spoken to you. But seeing you put it, for, uh, put it from you and judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life, lo, we turn to the Gentiles. For so hath the Lord commanded us, saying, I have set thee to be a light of Gentiles that shouldest be for salvation unto the ends of the earth. All right, so he says... Uh, seeing you judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life, that's what he says here, right? Because they reject what Paul and Barnabas were preaching. Acts 18, 5 through 6. That says, When Silas and Timotheus were come from Macedonia, Paul was pressed in the spirit and testified to the Jews that Jesus was Christ. And when they opposed themselves and blasphemed, he shook his raiment and said unto them, Your blood be upon your own heads. I am clean. From henceforth I will go unto the Gentiles. All right, so you see their rejection again of salvation. Uh, Paul says they, they oppose themselves. Acts 28, 28, it says, Be it known therefore unto you that salvation of God is sent unto the Gentiles, and that they will hear. Right, so what you have is the beginning of the book of Acts is, Lord, are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel at this time? Right, is what the disciples are asking. Jesus says, you're going to be witnesses of me beginning in Jerusalem. And by the end of the book of Acts, what you have is uh, salvation of God is sent to the Gentiles. Right, so you see that decline there. It begins with the kingdom going to be restored to Israel, and that question to salvation is sent to Gentiles. Right, and that's what the book of Acts is about. 
Uh, it's about the documentation of Israel's fall. Uh, John 4.22, Jesus himself says salvation is of the Jews, right? But by the end of the Acts period, salvation is sent to Gentiles. Right, so you have Israel's fall being documented. Peter's ministry is to Israel, uh, but it's rejected. Right? Acts 1 through 7, Peter's ministry is rejected by Israel. And what you have in Acts 10 is Gentiles accepting Peter's message. Right? With Cornelius. Um, and then Peter is not seen after Acts 15. Right? So Peter being commissioned to preach this message of uh, the kingdom, which we looked at at the end of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Uh, being given the gospel of circumcision is rejected. Right? And you see that decline from Acts 2 to Acts 15. Peter is no more seen. Right? His ministry has all but stopped by Acts 15. Um, and then what you have is Paul's ministry is also rejected by Israel, but Gentiles accept him. Right? So again, seeing this documentation uh, of Israel rejecting God and salvation, right? whether it be salvation through the kingdom or through the grace of God. Um, Paul begins in Acts 7 as a blasphemer, right, as Saul. He saved at Acts 9, and from that point over, you see his ministry increase, right, beginning in Acts 13 uh, all the way through Acts 28. So you see this decline of Peter uh, and the rise of Paul or their ministries uh, throughout the book of Acts, right, showing the transition and the change uh, because of Israel's fall. Acts 1 through 7 is the apostles preaching the kingdom to Israel. Uh, and ends with the rejection of the stoning of Stephen. From Acts 8 through 15, the kingdom message declines, right, and the spirit leaves Jerusalem, uh, and the kingdom ministry ultimately is confined to only Jerusalem, right there at Acts 15. Uh, you can read about that in Galatians 2. From Acts 16 through 21, you have salvation in the spirit being accepted by Gentiles, right, by Paul. Uh, but it ends with Paul being imprisoned by Israel when he goes back to Jerusalem. Uh, and then Acts 22 through 28, Paul is on trial and testifies against Israel. Right, And it ends with Israel is blind and salvation is to the Gentiles. Um, so that salvation today uh, is preached because Israel rejected their Christ in the kingdom. That's why salvation is preached to all men today because of this rejection, which was a mystery. Okay, that's not what was prophesied. Uh, hopefully what you have in mind as we've been looking through this, what was prophesied was Christ was going to come to Israel, sit on his throne, and salvation would be there, right? And Gentiles would come there for salvation. Israel rejected all that, but yet salvation is still preached today, right? That was never prophesied, right? That's part of what the mystery was. Um, and this is part of what Paul talks about in Romans 9 through 11. He deals with the fall of Israel, and he says in Romans eleven twenty five, For I would not, brethren... That you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own conceits, that blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles become in. Right? So Paul talks about this mystery of the blindness of Israel. Right? That's where they're at today. Right? They're blinded because they rejected salvation. They rejected Christ. They rejected the kingdom. Right? And so you have salvation preached today, even amidst their rejection and their fall, which was never prophesied. Right, and that has to do with the mystery. Uh, but with that said, we'll stop there. Any thoughts or questions?